Hello, and a belated welcome to the new year. It's been a while, but I'm eager to share this conversation that I had with Naomi Gravenberg, founder of Diversify Van Life, with you all. But before we jump in, I have an exciting announcement. It's a new book from the She Explores team called Women and Water. It features more than 40 swimmers, paddlers, sailors, surfers, activists, artists, scientists, and more that are all along various stages of their water journeys. It's co-authored by me and my teammates Haley Hurst and Noelle Russell, published by Chronicle Books, and available for pre-sale wherever you find books. It launches everywhere in March 2023, but pre-sales really help a book's success. You can learn more at she-explores.com, and I'll also share the direct link in the show notes. Stay tuned here for more. I'll be sharing interviews with some of the 40 women featured in the book. But for now, on with the show. I'm Yael Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. I'm an eco-van lifer, digital nomad, community builder, you name it. I've been living on the road in my 1985 Volkswagen Vanagon with my partner and my pup since 2016. So I'm somewhat of a van life OG, originally from the island of Trinidad. Yeah, I I guess that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a lot. (laughs) This is Naomi Gravenberg a leader in the world of van life and the founder of Diversify Van Life, a platform that highlights less heard voices in the community. It's also a resource that helps break down barriers to accessing life on the road, a lifestyle that Naomi and her husband, Dustin, embarked on in 2016. I chatted with Naomi towards the end of the year when she was coming off of a much needed vacation after finishing her first book, Living the Van Life. It's part memoir, part how-to guide, in which Naomi shares the nitty-gritty of their travels with candor, grace, and humor. The start of the book tells the story of how Naomi immigrated to the U.S. from Trinidad at just 16, and how she built a life for herself all on her own, from entering college at 25 to climbing the corporate ladder as an environmental scientist. All that hustle took its toll, though, and by her early 30s, Naomi was ready for a change. Well, she couldn't have predicted van life for herself when she flew to America as a teenager, It's a life that she was able to choose for herself, and it's one that she wants others to be able to pursue too. I think my conversation with Naomi is the perfect way to start off a new year. In it, we talk about re-sparking creativity after coming off of a big project, realigning yourself with your values, what it took for her to create this book, and what aspiring van lifers will gain from reading it when it's available this summer. What do you mean by eco van lifer? Like, how would you describe that? Yeah, so my life on the road forced me into a more intentional way of living. And I, I call myself an eco van lifer, but, you know, in general, it's more of an intentional way to kind of navigate such an intimate space in my life on the road. There's a lot of mindfulness around waste, a lot of mindfulness around like how we utilize our resources in the van, because I mean, it, we're not tapped into to the grid anymore. So we have to like go find all our water and our gas and propane pain, things like that. And I like to say low waste because, I mean, going completely zero waste is kind of challenging. So that's kind of what eco-fan lifer kind of means in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, as you were talking, I could hear some sound in the background. So I would love for you just to share what that sound is. What happens when you're on the road? (laughs) Why is there sometimes a little bit of background noise? Yeah, it's it, you know, this is such an unpredictable way of life, no matter how much we plan 
our life on the road, something always comes up. I, we came to this campground just to find a little bit of solitude and I woke up this morning and there are ATVs everywhere. So that's the sound we're hearing in the background. <laughs> it's actually really beautiful. I love it. There's like all these little hilly areas right around the campground. It's like just long strip. There's little palapa style covering with little picnic tables and on the opposite side of that, there's all these little hills with little trails, which I didn't realize were ATV trails. We usually opt for more remote places, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that can feel luxurious sometimes, too. <laughs> I know. There's an actual bathroom here and even a shower, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is making me think about the opening line to your book. Quick aside for two points. First, Naomi found this campsite so she'd have strong cell phone service for this interview, which I'm super grateful for. Keep listening. The ATVs don't end up interfering too much more. And two, Naomi's upcoming book, Living the Van Life, is available for pre-order now, but it'll be out in summer 2023. The opening lines are about taking the leap to going number two in the great outdoors, just one of the many realities of van life. Okay, back to our conversation. Which, of course, is making me think about the opening line to your book. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I hope you, you chuckled. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I loved it because I feel like it's too so often over-romanticized, like the lifestyle you're living. So I just love that you went there right away. <laughs> I lived in a van a very long time ago, it was 2014, 2015. Right. And I just really related to what you referred to at the start in that I also was very afraid to go to the yeah. bathroom outside and never had yeah. gone to the bathroom outside and put yeah. it off, put it off. And then, you know, it had to happen at some point, the inevitable. <laughs> yeah, it really is, you know, but hey, you know, we, we all got to do that at some point living on the road. So yeah. I'm excited for readers to, to jump into that book. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know where you physically are right now, that you're in California at a campsite. But how are you feeling about, you know, where you are in life right now? You've got a lot of exciting things on the horizon. So how are you feeling? In general, I'm, I'm feeling really, really good. Just, just really grateful and just super humble with everything that's happening in my life. I've been on the road for seven years now and... Honestly, when I first started, I would have never expected this would be my life. And the most beautiful part about it is that I get to create it my way. I get to say yes or no. There's no one dictating my time, my pace or the direction of my life's trajectory. So, yeah, I'm just really grateful and just trying to balance everything, you know, because I'm a head first in kind of person. Like I'll just keep going, going, going and forget to pause but the whole point of choosing this life is so that I can be intentional about it. So I've just been really trying to find time to take a step back and take care of my mental health, my physical health. I recently took an impromptu trip to Mexico, a vacation, the first vacation I've ever really had. And, you know, it was at a moment where I was feeling just really overwhelmed and just drained and, you know, recognizing within myself that, okay, this is affecting my nervous system. This is affecting my ability to show up the way that I want to show up. And also it's affecting my joy. So 
you know, I decided, you know what, I've been putting off this vacation. Like I told myself, after I finish the book, I'm going to go on a vacation and it never happened. I just jumped into other other projects and just recognizing, okay, I need I need to take this trip. I need to take a break and just like recoup and get my mind right. Just being on this vacation. So, and you know, I'm doing the, the air quotes, this so-called vacation. <laughs> I realized like, I don't know how to take a vacation. I don't really know how to pause. I tell myself sometimes rest as a, as resistance, you know, but at the same time, I don't really know how to do that. So just being honest with myself that I needed to really allow myself to get bored. So I just started walking to the beach, spreading a blanket between the fishing boats in this little town in Mexico and with my reader and just laying around every day for a few hours in the sun. And it was so difficult in the beginning, but I got to a point closer to the end of the vacation where I was finally able to relax. And that was such a blessing. <laughs> I want to get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very relatable, though, because I think you and I are similar in that way of like just kind of plowing into the next thing. And hopefully you're taking like you said, you're feeling a lot of gratitude for like the things that are happening in your life. So hopefully you're taking some time to acknowledge some of those big things. But it, it can be really hard. And being bored can be really scary, I find because I'm like, oh, I'm sitting with myself. And that's not always like the person I want to be sitting with, which is like, you know, a oh key right God. there to work on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that you've you took that time because it could have been easy just to keep pushing it off. Yeah, yeah. And and also, yeah, and you're so right, because, you know, beyond the book, it's like also turning 40. Wow, what a milestone. I, I honestly don't think I have really wrapped my head around that fact so much and wanting to celebrate that, you know, I didn't really grow up celebrating birthdays, like my family were really religious and birthdays was just something that we didn't really celebrate. And just allowing myself to celebrate me and surviving, yeah. <laughs> surviving in this world right now as a as a black identifying immigrant. It's it's just so important and just giving myself that time. It also is like kind of wild to look back and think that you've spent your 30s building this life for yourself. And then also, you know, in your 20s, from what I learned about you and reading the book, you spent so much of your life building a different life for yourself in America and really doing the grind and like what you thought that you should be doing. So I could see that that milestone being being a big one. So big. You said you weren't expecting uh, to to write a book. So how did that opportunity come to be? Yeah, so um... A publisher reached out to me on social media with this idea for the book and just asked me if I would be interested in exploring that. And honestly, when I saw the, the message, I kind of ignored it for a few days. I'm like, haha, this is a joke, right? You want me to write a book? <laughs> and you know, that's just me gaslighting myself. I, I did a lot of that in my 30s, just building this life on the road. So much has changed in just how I perceive myself and how I navigate spaces and what I'm deserving of. I think that's like half the work that I've been doing in, in my 30s and in my life on the road is just like healing and, and just like shifting my thought processes around like what, what I'm deserving of in this world. But this person reached out and yeah, I ignored it. I'm like, yeah, this this isn't real. 
And then um, I got this email from them again. And I said, okay, you know what, maybe this is something that I want to explore. So set up a call, jumped on the call. I was broken down and at a mechanic shop at the time somewhere in, in <laughs> California. And I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just here. I'm stressed out. Let me just like appease this person and take the call. <laughs> and then <laughs> it turned out to be real, you know, a publisher from a, a big publishing company pitching this idea to me. And they said that I really want you to write this book. I think, you know, your perspective and just, you know, your story is really beautiful. And we would love for you to have this opportunity to write this book and, and work with us on this. And I said, you know what, I'll think about it. It just felt like such a big undertaking. But a dream of mine has always been to write a book someday. I just never thought it would happen so soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful for it. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it, you know, because I thought about it for a while. Like, do I have the space? Do I have the time? There are always reasons not to do it, but I chose the reason to do it, which is, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity. You know, for someone like me, it's huge, you know, coming from where I came from so far to have like just someone say, hey, you, you deserve this. I want to hear your voice and your stories is just super humbling. And if anything, it was worth it just just for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the book's called Living the Van Life. Did the vision for the book change after that initial conversation? I'm guessing, you know, the editor that you worked with had their ideas. You had your ideas. So like, what did that look like? Um, the book changed significantly. I honestly had no idea. So they reached out. They said, hey, I want you to write this book. This is the idea. And they didn't really want to micromanage the process. I really believe in the power of storytelling to really get your point across. And, you know, and I chose that route. You know, there are a lot of beautiful stories in this book about me and my life on the road. And I would say the book is like a part memoir part like practical, you know, there are a lot of practical things in the book that I think anyone would find value in. The concept of the book shifted a lot. And, you know, I put more of myself in it. Because I mean, who's better to tell tell the story than, you know, yourself, it, it, it did change a lot, <laughs> in the most beautiful way. And I'm really, I'm really glad that, you know, there was just a lot of uh, space for me to be able to explore my voice in that way. Writing a book is hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you see 50,000 words or something all down in just one word document, it's like, wow, this is this is a mountain of work. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, it's, you know, I at first I was like, I'm never going to be able to write that many words. And then I started writing and, and we were just like, OK, we need to cut this down a little bit. <laughs> Naomi's book isn't the first one that's been published about van life. But what I found so refreshing about living the van life is that Naomi subverts expectations by giving us more than just a dreamy veneer of what it means to hit the road. I think that, you know, van life has been like really romanticized in a lot of ways and also left out a lot of important voices and people, you know, like BIPOC, for instance, are underrepresented in this lifestyle, like so many other lifestyles, right? Um, so I kind of wanted to approach the book from a perspective of the intersections that I navigate, right? As a, as a BIPOC on the road, that was really important to me to make sure that the information in that book is authentic to my story and also feels accessible for people. 
Like I went to multiple bookstores just when I was writing this book initially, looking at all the different van life books out there. And there were barely any books that are truly representative of the diversity of this community. I was in a <laughs> few of them, yeah. but still, it's really interesting to see how we've continued writing these stories and, and telling stories of van life, but we're still leaving out so many different communities and demographics in, in the story. And it was important for me in this book to highlight that and to truly bring it from a different perspective, my perspective, my story, and also like making making the information really accessible for people who want to live this lifestyle and also resonate with it because, you know, all stories are unique, but representation is just so important and I, I, I wanted to just be human in it, you know, like it's hard, it's challenging, especially, you know, there's just so much unlearning. There are just so many unique variables at play, especially for people from certain demographics. Um, not that I'm trying to speak for everyone, but I think that the mainstream narrative has been very homogenous and, and I wanted to just bring in something different. Naomi's work with Diversify Van Life has been all about breaking down barriers to the lifestyle, and her new book covers important aspects of it, like safety, making money, and finding community. It also shares Naomi's vision for reimagining this kind of travel for all people. She's making sure everyone is taken along for the ride, and knowing her, I'd expect nothing less. And how does it feel to know that with a book, you know, you can't go in and edit it? Right. How do you think it's going to feel releasing that? Because it is kind of released. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that. I keep telling people I'll probably go hide after <laughs> it's actually published. But I don't know. I, I think I feel really good about the words that are in there. I feel good about the story that I'm telling my story. I feel very empowered by that. The conviction that I had in the words that I, that I put into the book. I feel like it aligns with my core values and just what I want people to know about me, about being a part of this community, about this lifestyle, and and about the choices that we have and the power that we have in our words and our stories. So I feel pretty good about it. It's nerve-wracking. I'm super anxious. I, I don't know exactly what that day is going to be like when we actually publish the book. But right now in the process, I, I feel pretty confident that it's going to resonate with the people that are the ones that will find value in it. For me, that's most important. Mm. What would you say your core values are? <laughs> wow, there's so many. I could go down the list. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's the ability to empower myself with choice. And I think equity in the spaces that I navigate is really, really important. I am very, I guess maybe critical is the word. Like when I enter spaces, you know, I'm very, very aware of what those spaces are and what my positionality is within those spaces. I am one of those people that when I enter spaces, I, I question them. It's like, who who is in this space? Who are the most heard voices? And feeling empowered in my ability to speak my truth with conviction, you know, releasing expectations to that, like just being able to say, okay, I'm going to put this out into the world and I'm not going to have any expectations, but I'm empowered with the ability to choose mm -hmm. um, how I show up and how I navigate. And I think, you know, for the most part, like that's 
pretty much where my North Star is. Equity is really important to me in spaces and empowering uh, underrepresented people, empowering underrepresented voices to find their truth, to find their voice in, in spaces and feel empowered as well. Because um, I guess hmm, I'm trying to put words to that. <laughs> mm, no, no, it's a, I mean, as you were speaking, I was listening and also starting to think that I don't know it's been a while since I've like put pen to paper on what my core values are. You know, sometimes you're just acting, acting them out and yeah. it can be difficult to articulate them, but they are happening in every decision that you're making, you know, and <laughs> in the words that you put on the page for the book. So um, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> you said that you were channeling your creative energy into the book. Now that the book has been finished, like where, where are some of the places that you feel that you dedicate your creative energy to? Yeah, I love writing. I love writing for myself. So like journaling, um, writing short stories. And so I've been just wanting to put some more energy back into that, but also into diversify fan life and, and community building. That's really important to me. I love hearing other people's story and I love being able to amplify that. So I'm kind of looking at relaunching my podcast and just bringing mm. on some fresh voices on there. And as much as I have a love-hate relationship with social media, I, I think it's a, it's a lot of fun as long as, you know, I'm not allowing it to consume me um, yeah. because social media can do that at times. Yeah. So, yeah, just putting a little bit more energy back into like my personal platform and just sharing, sharing things that that bring me joy and, and that I find value in. You know, some of the things that took a back seat while I was writing the book, reading more books is, is one mm. of them. Yeah. Mm. And also getting better at my Spanish, you know, just being down in Mexico, I'm reminded of how much I love love the challenge of immersing myself and learning how to communicate uh, mm -hmm. when I don't know a language. So yeah, um, while I was in Mexico for that 10 days, I just like jumped right back into it. And it was just so much fun. So that's, that's one of the other things that I'm going to be focusing on this year, just using a different part of my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which can help spark inspiration too, you know, like oh, letting different parts of your brain rest. <laughs> right. <laughs> I definitely missed um, reading just for the sake of reading for myself. And just like, like I said, like writing for myself, reading for myself, not a deadlines kind of person. So that was re a really big challenge with this book. I like working on my own timing. So, you know, at, at the end of like, you know, meeting a deadline, I'd be so exhausted and so drained that I wouldn't have time to read or write for myself. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been really exciting to, to jump back into some books and, and just reading for fun. Just doing things for myself again, I think, has been really rejuvenating for my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those deadlines are like necessary, but also don't sometimes feels necessary you know like sometimes it feels like there's just too many constraints I remember just being in college and doing my finals exams and then I would always get sick afterward you know because you yeah. put all of your energy and your body's just kind of in that like tense mode until yeah. you until you finish and then you relax and then you get sick <laughs> so. I can totally resonate with that writing this book and having deadlines and all of that like reminded me of college you know I was thinking mm. like oh my gosh I love corporate America so I don't have <laughs> deadlines anymore and here I am writing yeah. a book <laughs> yeah. how were you able to incorporate recreation or just time outside that felt good to you during that time period 
Yeah, so my outdoor recreation um, abilities shifted a lot when I was writing this book. Um, I wasn't doing extended backpacking trips like I normally did because every few months, you know, my partner and I would try to go out for at least, you know, three to four days backpacking. But it was a lot difficult because um, of the deadlines that I had to meet and also my writing schedule and juggling work and other things. So I would do short hikes, day hikes every now and then. I spent a lot more time just camping and doing walks every day with my dog or running in the morning, but not a lot of the activities that we often delved into. So I don't know, maybe... It's not really so much that I couldn't do it. It's because like I was just so in the zone of like, I need to write this book and just being anxious. It's my first book. I'm like, you know, of course, we are our biggest critic. I could have relaxed yeah. a little bit more. But, you know, I was just <laughs> it, it was just that thing in the back of my mind all the time that, OK, I have this deadline. I have these schedules. It was it was challenging. But, uh, you know, at, at the same time, I feel so privileged to still be able to park up my van in beautiful places and just write for a few days. You know, I still got to park up next to lakes and go swimming and paddleboarding at times and, you know, have afternoon hikes with my dog and my partner in beautiful locations. So it really wasn't that bad. It's just me <laughs> not knowing how to relax when I have, you know, deadlines. <laughs> it was a learning curve. I think I'll probably do better next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you do get that osmosis just, you know, by virtue of your lifestyle, it sounds like. Exactly. So, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I know that the publishing industry is another industry that has historically had a lot of gatekeeping. It's like difficult to know how to navigate, it's difficult to know how to break through. And I was curious if you had any words of wisdom you wanted to share with people listening who really know nothing because it can be very opaque uh, before you start the process. Yeah. Oh, man, that's difficult because I can't really say like I know much about publishing to give much advice in that space. I just, you know, like to tell people like know your worth, know your value and don't be afraid to, to ask for what you want. I think that's probably the most I can offer at this moment. I, I'm still really trying to figure out how to navigate this space myself. Mm. Yeah, no, and I think that that's, that's fantastic advice. And it's something that I would imagine comes up or I know comes up in multiple points of the process. So like both when you're you're submitting a draft and, you know, maybe you can have an editor that says, oh, well, wh why don't we delete this paragraph? And you're like, well, this paragraph is important, important for X, Y, or Z. And you're knowing your your worth and your voice and your value in that. You can know that in reviewing a contract and reading every word on the contract and, and doing your best to understand it and say, no, I want this or that. Yeah. I didn't know this the first time I had a, a book. I didn't know to share the contract with anyone or ask anyone else like what their thoughts were. I just kind of yeah. thought this is what it is and this is what it should be. And yeah. I would always recommend talking to other people who've had, if you can find other people who've had book published, if you right. get to that point. And then I guess just because I've gotten asked about this too, I do think it can be helpful. And I feel sometimes frustrated by this, but I also understand where publishing companies are coming from, that it can be helpful to in invest in yourself in terms of working on building that community and that following because 
publishing companies are often looking out for people who have engaged audiences and um, Mm -hmm. who are going to be the the people who would be that target demographic for your book. So right, as much yeah. as you work on your writing, it's good to put some time into marketing, which is just also hard. I like acknowledge how hard that is. And I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm quite good at it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a reality for the publishing industry. Yeah, I agree with that so much. Um, I also really agree with reaching out to people. I, I felt really fortunate that I was able to like connect with some people and ask for advice. One of my really good friends, her sister is a published writer, pretty successful published writer, um, bestseller. And I wasn't sure how to navigate the contract part of it. And her advice to me was to get a literary agent and my friend actually let me borrow her literary oh, nice. agent uh, <laughs> to work through the contractual stuff. And to be honest with you, that was worth it mm. uh, to me because there was so much on there that I would not know to negotiate. There was so much on there that I didn't really understand how it worked. And I think that that's really, really important. It's just like, you know, it's worth getting someone, you know, if it's if it's a friend who has written a book that understands those things or a lawyer or a literary agent, it, it was worth it for me. Mm. You know, I mean, it's a big deal. You know, I'm putting myself into this. These are my words. This is like my life, my story, um, my heart and my soul. This is soul work for me. And I tell people mm. that like this book is soul work. It was important to me that I felt good about the contract, about putting my my work out there and my words and my heart and my soul. Yeah. And often for a lot of people, that's the first step is finding that mm-hmm. agent who then is going to be the one to talk you up to those publishing companies. So exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I like that there isn't like there isn't a set path. And I like that you're you're an example of like creating something that people are drawn to and that 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 editor was drawn to and seeing something in you and your story and your community and tapping you, you know, to create something. So it's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm excited to see the book. I've only seen a PDF, so I'm excited to, you know, see it in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know what I'm going to do when I finally have that hard copy in my hands. (laughs) It'll go in your your van library, I'm guessing. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Living the Van Life is available for pre-order wherever you find books. The anticipated release is July 4th, just in time for your summer road trips. In the meantime, Naomi has a lot planned for the first half of the year. Just stay tuned for for my book and all the all the great stuff that's that's coming in the next year for me on Irita Aurora and also like for my community Diversify Van Life and just creating more space you know there's space out here for everyone and and that's important to us so yeah yeah just stay tuned on on DV for for all the fun things including a gathering. Thank you so much to Naomi Gravenberg for taking the time to talk. You can follow along with Naomi at Irie to Aurora and keep up with her work via Diversify Van Life. And make sure to subscribe to her podcast, Nomads at the Intersections, which is hopefully starting up again this year. You can pre-order Women in Water, a new book from the She Explorers team on our website, linked in the show notes. You can find She Explorers on social media, our website, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter to stay up to date. 
You can find me on Instagram at Gail Straub. If you enjoy listening, there are different ways to support us. You can subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Gail Straub. She Explores is a production of Ravel Media. Until next time, stay curious.